This is the first Sunday of May, so we have new May memory work. It is on the orange piece of paper. So uh, we included the first part of Psalm 51, but the memory work is verses 10 through 12. So uh, let's say these together. I invite you to join with me by standing either in spirit or in body before God as we say these words from the book that we love. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And then our words for today in Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming this way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. God's very word. Thanks be to God. And you may be seated. One of the great things about the Bible is that the Bible is filled with stories of people just like you and me, just like us. Sometimes we think that the Bible might have nothing to say to us whatsoever, but it has everything to say to us. Jesus engaged with people like you and me. He looks past the externals because that's how people often judge. He quickly, quickly looks past that and looks at our hearts and our soul like he does with Zacchaeus. If we were open about our feelings and how we might feel about ourselves in terms of engaging with Jesus, we might say that we have some feelings of insecurity, feelings of aloneness, feelings of abandonment. I think some of those feelings could be characterized in Zacchaeus. But maybe God, through his grace and mercy, has helped us work through that. So we have a firm foundation of who we are as a child of God, made in the image of God. But still, these are some of the feelings that people often will have, and God, by his grace, calls us to be his agents to help people work through these, to address them by the grace and the mercy of God, just like he did with Zacchaeus. So here in this story, 
we see Jesus at work. Jesus at work, looking past the externals, looking at the heart of someone, just like what Jesus calls his church to do today. The story of Zacchaeus, we think, begins in Luke chapter 19. But in Luke chapter 18, someone is introduced. Here are the verses. I'm not going to read them. Some of us are familiar with the story. Two people in a temple. One's a Pharisee, another a tax collector. The Pharisee prays, God, you are so lucky to have me on your side because I am such a great follower. And the tax collector beats the chest, right? God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Just makes some of us wonder, could that be Zacchaeus in the temple searching after God? And so then we quickly go to chapter 19, where Jesus is about to go into a city of 100,000 people. And he finds one man there, one man, an outcast, maybe carrying all these feelings of insecurity, abandonment, aloneness. We could say that Zacchaeus has a longing, a curiosity about the things of God. But he had a hard time being allowed access. If he would go to the temple, they would mock him out loud, give him all these sideways glances, and probably follow a Jewish custom of spitting at his feet because of their disgust of him. He extorted people of their money. He worked for the Roman IRS, and he would be there. Maybe he would go out to them. Maybe they would come to his booth, and he'd say, you owe the Roman government this amount, and if you don't pay it, uh, the Roman guards would come and seize everything that you have. When they would pay, he would give the Roman government their portion, and he would pocket some of it himself. And we can see why a tax collector was not well-liked. He put people in danger, and he himself put himself in danger if he ever went out in public. This man, Zacchaeus, did not have a right relationship with God. But he longed for him. He knew Jesus was coming. And he wanted to have a look. He wanted to have a see what all of the commotion was about. Being a Jew, he probably knew deep within his heart that he had a moral problem. He was a sinner, extorting the poor, stealing from the rich. He had made a pretty good life for himself, but he knew something was missing. And the people let him know that he didn't ever measure up. Maybe you've been there feeling like you never measure up. You've been in a church and you feel like this is not a place where you belong because you look around and everyone seems like they have it all together. They even know where Luke 19 is in the Bible. 
They could go there right away. And maybe you have more trouble with it. They seem to know these things about God that are a mystery and hidden to you. And maybe though you are not a Zacchaeus, in a way you feel like an outcast, you don't measure up. But Zacchaeus went anyways. Bold, daring. He has that going for him. He had this longing for, Z- for Jesus, and so he wanted to pursue. And so the story continues on. Zacchaeus ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus as Jesus was coming down the road. Zacchaeus had a sight problem. He couldn't see over people. He was short. Doesn't tell us how short, but he was short. So just visualize this four-foot, four-inch person with a beautiful three-piece robe, bling coming off him, trying to look, get past people. And you think they would allow him to get past them? No, they wouldn't give him the time of day. And so he goes to this sycamore tree to climb up. Maybe he could get a view of Jesus. And, of course, no one's going to give him a helping hand. No one's going to help him up the tree. Some say Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And so he was. And people kept him from from participating in the community event. He didn't have a disability like we would think of a disability. But because of his body, he was limited. Things were held off for him. The crowd kept him from seeing Jesus because after this guy, he would pinch grandma's last few pennies. Why would I want to help this guy anyway? Well, hate was at work with some, but maybe with others, the crowd didn't notice Zacchaeus because they were so caught up in their world, they wanted to see Jesus too. And they didn't take the time to have someone else have a chance to see Jesus. People presented themselves as barriers, and they didn't want to bring down any barriers that would help Zacchaeus in any way. And it just makes me wonder, are there any barriers that we are doing? Any barriers that we have that would keep people from seeing Jesus as he is? Because we might view people as inconvenient or too unworthy as we base people on their externals. Are we doing anything that are keeping people away from Jesus? Any sideways glances, any rude words when they come to the inside. We need to make sure that our church is a safe place, an equipped place, a place where people can come and they know it's safe. Safe here. So let's do what we can to clear the way. Adjusting our attitudes where our attitudes need adjustment, but also anticipating people are going to come with special needs. So making sure that we set the place up 
well for them. Zacchaeus had a sight problem. Sometimes we have a sight problem. You know who doesn't have a sight problem? Jesus. It's not there. The crowd is making its way towards Zacchaeus. You can see Jesus coming down the road, and he's got his prayer shawl on, and he's in the center of all the commotion. Zacchaeus gets excited. Jesus approaches the tree and stops. He looks up the tree, and he sees Zacchaeus there. And he looks through Zacchaeus, to Zacchaeus through his father's eyes. Not through the eyes of fallen humanity, but the eyes of an ever-loving father. He stops at the tree, and it's intriguing what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, hi, what's your name? Hi, you look short. Hi, what you doing up there? No, he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house today. He refuses to allow Zacchaeus to remain unseen. Jesus doesn't mind that he's caught in the sight with sinners because he views them with his Father's compassion. He knows that each and every person has been knit together in the secret place, knit by Father God. He refuses to define people by labels, by externals. I found this intriguing. I didn't know this before, even though I knew the story of Zacchaeus before. His name literally means righteous one. I don't think he felt very righteous. But Jesus saw him, saw him through his father's eyes, reached out. And we know that staying at someone's house is an expression of unity and friendship. And he identifies himself with Zacchaeus, even though it, he, Jesus knows it's probably going to cost him going to cost him because Jesus is going to go to the home of a known sinner. Can you imagine how someone felt who at least for the last few years we don't know how old Zacchaeus was but felt like an outcast like he didn't belong even when he tried to reach out to God through the temple, he was viewed and seen as an outcast, as a reject. And here is Jesus, who stops, calls him by name. He plops out of the tree and goes to the house. Goes to the house of Zacchaeus. And we see in Zacchaeus, his response is that he has this openness an openness to receive Jesus in. If Jesus came to your house and knocked on your door and 
wanted to come into your house. It says Zacchaeus invited him straight in. But if Jesus came to your house, how would you receive him? Would you want to go inside and hide some things first? Rearrange a few things? Make sure you pull out the Bible? Or would you welcome him with open arms and let him see your home, your life, your heart, as it really is? Zacchaeus opened his heart to Jesus. Let Jesus see him for who he really was. Jesus knew. But he let Jesus come in and see. And I think Zacchaeus found that in all of his longing for Jesus, that Jesus had been longing for him long before. And then we get to verse 7. The crowd. Though Zacchaeus has an open heart to Jesus, the crowd has a closed heart to him. It says, the crowd begins to murmur. You see, when you start to see people and treat people the way that Jesus does, there will be people around who don't understand. Why are you wasting your time? Why are you being kind? Why are you reaching out to someone who's not worthy of your time? But that's what Jesus did. And that's what he calls us to. People a lot smarter than me have said, you know, if Jesus arrived in our day, where would be the places that Jesus would go and who would be the places or who would be the people that Jesus would hang out with? Definitely not be the places that we would consider, the places that we would think Jesus should go or the people that he would go into their homes with. He hung out with the people who knew they needed help. They needed God, and they needed Jesus. Can you imagine what that conversation was that Jesus had with Zacchaeus? When Jesus opened up his heart to Zacchaeus, I wonder what that conversation would be. Have you ever had, wanted to have that conversation with Jesus? You know, just really hear clearly from him? To spend some time in, in just needed deep prayer, wanting to hear from him? what he would say to you. Some of us, some people I know, don't want to have that conversation with Jesus. They don't want to hear. You know why? They're afraid of what they might hear. If I dig down deep in prayer and develop a deep, meaningful prayer life, a life in which I can hear the voice of Jesus talking to me. There are some people, they don't want that. They don't want to hear what Jesus would have to say because they think Jesus would say, you sinner, 
you outcast. You reject. And you say, you're my follower. Hear this. If Jesus could have you alone in a room for five minutes, he would say that he loves you. He might even say he misses you. He would tell you that he longs for you. And he would share his heart of love and compassion with you. One of the reasons why Jesus came is to shape our view of Father God. You want to know what Father God's like? Look to Jesus. You know what Father God thinks? Listen to Jesus. He came to reveal exactly who Father God is. And that encounter changed Zach forever. He had found new life, and he said that he was going to show this new life and how he treated and cared for others. Zacchaeus is not someone that we would say had a disability like we think of a disability. Uh, He didn't have a broken leg. He didn't have a stutter. He didn't have a genetic disease. Uh, One thing that we have in common with everyone, our disability is not only that we have a sight problem, our disability is that we are born sinners. We turn a blind eye to our own failing, and we tend not to see ourselves for who we are, and we tend not to see others for who they are. When we encounter Jesus, he fills us with his love and with his care, and he wants us to come clean with him for he sees us for who we truly are. And he wants us to get on that right path with the Father. Well, Zacchaeus says that he wants to do that, and so Zacchaeus says that he's going to change that thing that is so important to him, his love of money. He's going to show that it doesn't have control over him anymore. Now, Jesus came to us, and we had this kind of contact with Jesus like Zacchaeus did, he might not say to you, or the change in us might not be, we're going to do something with how much money we have. But I guarantee that if you have that heart-to-heart with Jesus, and as he shares his love with you, he's going to point out some issues. Some issues that are really standing in the way between us and the Father's love. With me, it's going to be a whole bunch of issues. Maybe with you, just a couple. But then Zacchaeus gave an outward expression of the change that made inside. And then Jesus does something else at the very end, in verse 10. He starts to bring his mission. He says, for the Son of Man 
came to seek and save those who were lost. That sounds like a familiar verse to most of us. When we think of people who are lost, we think of runaways. We think of people who are forgotten. We think of people who are ignored. People who may not have measured up. A more accurate interpretation of that word lost is the word missing. He came to seek and save those who are missing. Like the lost sheep, right? The one of the hundred that was missing, Jesus left the 99, went to find the missing. I tend to think that missing gives a little different perspective than simply those who are lost. When I was growing up, milk came to us from the grocery store, not in these plastic jugs, but on milk cartons. Maybe some of you remember that. You go to the grocery store, you get uh, your milk, and there's a milk carton. Do you remember for a while what used to be on that milk carton? I'm going to fast forward it ahead a little bit. Do you remember what's on that milk carton? People who are missing. We see it on billboards now. When I was growing up, it was on our milk cartons. These are important people. They matter to a whole bunch of people. And they're missing. They're missing. I picture Jesus going through the city of Jericho saying, there's someone missing. His name is Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is the reason why Jesus went to the cross. Zacchaeus and people like him you and I, or why he went there. To give new life, to find the missing, to bring them into his family. So it just makes me wonder, once again, who is missing from our fellowship here? Who is missing? Why are they missing? And what are we prepared to do about that? I invite you to join with me in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for your great love. Thank you that you did not pass by us. Thank you that Jesus has a track record of pausing and stopping and looking and inviting community and fellowship. Thank you that he had that with us. We pray, Father God, for those that we know in our circles who feel like they are outcasts or feel like they are missing. They're not part of the Father's family, and they know that they should be and they can be. And we pray, Father God, that you would be with us as a faith community, that we would not put any barriers up that might keep anyone away for coming to experience 
the love and the compassion and the care of Jesus. Through the words that are spoken and sung, through the prayers that are offered, through the handshakes we give, to the conversations we share. We pray, Father God, that you would use us, your people here, to be used by you to reach out to those who are longing for you, who might feel missing, who might feel like they don't measure up, that they would find you in our midst. We do pray, Father God, for uh, the needs of our faith community. We uh, pray for Hugh and Cindy and their family as they've traveled to Canada to spend some time with Hugh's father. We pray, Father God, that you would bless their time. You would uh, give them a, a rich time of community together. We pray that you will give to Hugh's folks your grace and your comfort and your peace beyond measure. We pray for Richard's upcoming surgery this Friday, that the surgery will go well and his recuperation would be complete. We pray for Jen's dad, that uh, his recovery from his procedure would go well too. He would, you would bring the healing that he needs and his health to be restored. We continue to pray for Calvin Quinlan that uh, you would bring healing to his heart to uh, help his heart to become a normal size, that you would close that hole that is within him, that's there, and that you would uh, give Calvin a good checkup when he meets with the doctors next month. That you will be with Pam to bring healing, health to her, to bring your care and your comfort and extra grace into her life. We thank you, Father God, that you give to us opportunities to uh, show your care, to show your love and compassion. We as a church have been uh, listening to daily podcast that close with the prayer. Help us to live each day to the full, Father, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help us to give our lives away to others, being kind to everyone we meet. And Spirit, help us to love the lost and to share Jesus in all that we do and say. And that is our prayer, that you help us to do that. Help us to do that with our friends, with our family, with our neighbors. We pray for our neighbors on 72nd Street. We pray that you would give to them an extra blessing and pray that that blessing indeed would uh, open their eyes to see you. We pray for our uh, missionary partner for DOOR. We pray that you will bless the outcomes of their week of meetings that they have had and that you will continue to use them to go to this unreached people group to share Jesus and sign in the language that people understand. We pray, Lord, for your blessing to be upon them. We thank you, Father God, for your gifts of grace. We thank you that we come to you uh, knowing that we are uh, unworthy, and uh, we don't measure up by our human standard, but by Jesus Christ and through his righteousness given to us. 
you have uh, brought us into your family. And now you invite us to your table. And we pray, Father God, that you would uh, draw us close to you as we uh, come and taste your grace in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.